everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of the Nothing But Locks podcast. I'm your host, Ali Melnicki, accompanied by my favorite coworker, Robert Kowalski. How are you doing today, Robert? Ali, I'm doing great. Thanks. Let's make sense of yesterday, because I walked into the bar that's down the street from my parents' house that I've been going to since I was a kid, and from probably the first drive I witnessed and... You could hear me in the bar shouting after Devonta Smith made that catch. That wasn't a catch even before I saw the review. And then it didn't get challenged. I thought that was going to be one of the craziest plays of the day. And then after watching two games of football, that was one of the least crazy plays of the game. So why don't you go first? What did you witness yesterday between these four teams? No, I think... uh... I honestly didn't think that I was going to look, as we all know, going back to way, way many, many months ago and episodes ago, uh, which, by the way, uh, Ali, what number episode are we doing yes, right now? 100. I should have mentioned that. <laughs> we have hit episode 100. Robert, it's really been a pleasure these these pa- this past year, I should say. We started a little over a year ago. I feel like every episode we could just talk for hours and hours now that you <laughs> finally get to meet each other. Our next episode will be live yes. in Miami. So I'm very excited about that. Ta-da! There we go. That's that's my homemade fanfare for episode number 100. Thank you all so, so much for joining us on our our um, weekly sojourns, sometimes twice a week sojourns into the thing that is all of incredible sports betting. Um, yesterday, without a doubt, this to, to, to witness what happened yesterday is to say uh, you hit bingo probably 10 cards in a row with 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 some of the chaos that ensued. And everyone knows how addicted to chaos I am. I thought that the catch uh, from the beginning right there with, with Devonta Smith along the sideline, I, I really said, Are you sure? Are you sure that's a catch? And, and I'm like starting to get like this. It happens with me with soccer when I watch soccer and I see a goal scored and my my initial instinct is, yeah, all right, celebrate. It's a goal. And I'm like, no, uh, is, is someone offside? Uh, check if someone's offside first before I go crazy. And it's really kind of like taken a lot of, you know, the the excitement out of watching soccer for me in some instances. And this is when I'm saying, wait, that's it's got to be a penalty, right? It's got to be called back. Oh, that touchdown that was scored? Nah, that's got to be holding on to some offensive tackle or guard, right? Well, that definitely didn't look like a catch to me. I mean, look, I don't know. I, I suppose that there's plenty of other things that we we could have witnessed that said, you know, were there other weird, weird occurrences? But the whole game was just so weird. I mean, why didn't they review the, the cable getting hit by a punt? There's so many ridiculous things that happened in that Eagles Niners game just to start off there, Allie. Yeah, it was it was really insane. I know. Well, let's get straight into the games and let's start with that 49ers and Eagles game, because, Robert, I'm one that I don't like to always blame the refs. I feel like one or two misplays. There was probably five or six misplays that we just didn't get, you know, hyper into on tv there's always a hold on just about every play there's there's always some kind of contact that could easily be called a foul but watching that 49ers game especially that drive where there must have been like five defensive pass interference or illegal contact calls in a row 
I just couldn't believe what I was watching. I, the, the roughing the kicker was one of the most egregious plays I, I think I watched. And I'm just shocked that the Eagles had pretty much no holding calls, offense or defense. It, it just it baffled me how poorly called that game was. And I know that Brock Purdy was out. Josh Johnson got hurt. There was a lot more that went into San Francisco losing. But I thought the refs did one of the poorest jobs I've seen in a conference championship game. What do you think? It's tough. I, and and I'm, look, if you're going to swallow the whistle, just swallow it completely. Just stand there on, you know, and, and make it look like the game is going to be enforced with referees and officials. But go both ways, right? Please yep. just just swallow it completely whole everywhere. You know, if you if you want to not call holding, don't call holding. You don't want to call, you know, all kinds of, uh, you know, penalties that that you know can be seen from a the comfort of a TV or you know somewhere in a pub. Then don't do it. Just be consistent with it, right? Um, and and you know, looking at the numbers now is it, it's almost impossible, uh, because obviously you know of what happened to Josh Purdy early and then obviously Josh Johnson late. Um, Eagles won with only 269 yards of offense, Sally. Uh, but they had 70 plays, right? 70 plays versus 45. Um, outrushed the Niners 148 to 81. Didn't see that one really coming. Um, how about the red zone touchdown percentage? Four touchdowns in six attempts. And, um, the 49ers never made it into the red zone. That is one I didn't see. And I also didn't see the Niners coughing the ball up three times versus zero. Mm-hmm. And the Niners having those two fourth down failures. It's it's crazy because the second half, me and my brother, we went to another bar that was uh, in the town next to us because we wanted a little livelier crowd. And I, it was packed in there. I'd say it was half Eagles fans, half 49ers, which is odd for New Jersey. I didn't think that there was going to be that many 49ers fans. But to me, the bar, whether you're an Eagles fan or not, even at one point, the Eagles fans were laughing at all the penalties that were getting thrown. And I was talking to an Eagles fan that was sitting not too far from me. And even he was saying, man, this has been one of the easiest wins for our offense. They literally had to do nothing. Jalen Hurts, Robert, if he does beside it, it, take away that drop or well, take away that catch. That was really a drop by Devonta Smith. I think it was 35 yards. Jalen Hurts throws for only 80 yards in that game. It w- would take away that pass. If you were to tell me, tell me that Jalen Hurts is only going to throw for what? 120 yards. He did. I would have been right. like, wow, he must have a terrible game. The, the night, how much did the Niners win by? I mean, he did not look good at all. I thought he he there was definitely at least three or four interceptions that looked like they were dro- either dropped by the Niners or there was a call that negated that could have negated it. I just didn't think that the Eagles' offense was impressive at all. They looked rattled from the beginning. They were helped out immensely. I I, I couldn't believe Kyle Shanahan didn't challenge that call. At least take a timeout and allow yourself. The minute Devonta Smith jumped up, I was like, he's rushing the play because he didn't catch it. So I I think it was a poorly coached game by Kyle Shanahan. Yes, Brock Purdy got injured. You had to deal with Josh Johnson. But this was a game I just don't think I could look at and say the Eagles were the better team. Can you? No, no, thank you. I, I mean, look, we, we discussed the game and I said that, you know, the Niners not only were my pick, I thought they were my pick for the Super Bowl. But yep. look, it's 
what do you expect? You know, Purdy threw three passes before injuring his elbow. And Josh Johnson, who's the team's number four quarterback, was put into concussion protocol after 13 passes, two sacks, and a lost fumble. Right? So they bring Purdy back. He's unable to throw. You could tell, right, even though he did add that one completion in, in just what was the second yeah. half that was absolutely useless. So the Eagles, look, they had three nice long touchdown drives, right? One that was 66 yards and 75 yards and then 91 yards. But they really didn't do much else otherwise. You mentioned Hurts, 15 of 25, 121 yards, suggesting to me he's really not all the way back, right? Um, I guess I guess we could go ahead and give credit where it's due to the Eagles' clean play yes. and their and their red zone excellence, but I don't think that Eagles fans should be, um, you know, you know, running through the seats through the streets of, of Philadelphia. Uh, you know, saying that that was, you know, we're, we're the greatest, we're, you know, we're, you you really, okay, you guys won, obviously, or you're in the NFC, uh, you're, you're the NFC champions, but Ali, uh, i like to see that game with a 100% Purdy for the whole game, I really would. It, and let's also talk about Josh Johnson, besides the the fumble, and which was huge, it was so costly, and the sacks, he had what five delay of game penalties. Like he, he, I couldn't believe this guy was a sixteen year veteran, and he he does he can't snap the ball. That brings my next question. I remember Robert when the Panthers put Baker Mayfield on on waivers after they released him, and we kind of talked where would the 49ers pick him up? Do you think they come to regret that decision? Because I have to be honest with you, Robert. If Baker Mayfield was going in that game yesterday for the 49ers instead of Josh Johnson, I would have felt a thousand times better. What do you think? Uh, Josh Johnson clearly showed that he wasn't ready. Uh, he looked. I want to be nice. I want to be nice today. It's not <laughs> fair to just to just trash and just burn, scorch the earth. I just I, I don't think he was ready to play. I don't think he expected to play this year. Um, I don't think that the coaching staff and, and and the executive team thought that there was in any way that lightning can strike a third time and they'd have to go to a fourth string quarterback. And yet again, chaos. Here, here, here we are, right? You're you're to your fourth string quarterback, and it just so happens to be on the NFC championship game. Um, I, I just, I said that, you know, look, if, if they just play Kyle Shanahan's system, everything was going to be fine. Uh, uh, let's, let's go ahead and, and put that group of people way out to pasture right now, because no, no, there is a way to ruin Kyle Shanahan's offensive scheme. Uh, if you, if you have someone at quarterback that that's, that's just incapable of playing Josh Johnson is, uh, and I don't know if he's ready for, uh, you know, playing on the field football. I, I think at this point, you should start considering him for uh, a coaching position, to be honest, Allie. That's that's just me being as nice as I can be right now. <laughs> one last thing on the Niners, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about the Eagles. But one of the lasting images I remember they were showing on the television was Jimmy G sitting on the sideline and just smiling. I know the, the camera probably caught him mid-action talking to something ah. or someone – but it, it, is that can we cl- finally close the door on Jimmy G coming back to San Francisco next year, Robert? I will 
hundred percent close the door. I I agree with you. I think that he's 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 ready to move on to a new franchise and and hopefully uh you know in, in his eyes and in the franchise that's going to sign him's eyes um meet the Niners in the NFC championship or in the playoffs. That's for sure. So one last thing. I know I said that was the last thing. But who's the starter for the San Francisco 49ers week one next year? Is it Trey Lance or is it Brock Purdy? Ooh, the starter. Um, well, I obviously they'll both be on the roster, right? Let's go with that. <laughs> I don't see them uh, trading one or two of them. Uh, if I'm Shanahan, um, I'm going to just go and give everyone equal opportunity with the first team. And whoever's the most electric after preseason, that's going to be my starter. All right. What about the Eagles, Robert? We talked about how we weren't impressed with the offense and the defense did play magnificent. I mean, Hassan Reddick on that strip fumble that he had on Purdy that ended Purdy's game. They, right. they were just a force to be reckoned with that game. And you also can, as much credit as you have to give them, once Josh Johnson came in and then once he got concussed, they didn't have to do much. They pretty much stacked the box. They had six guys lined up. They knew they were just running it. They knew that there was no way Ayuk was going to get the ball or Kittle or anything. But can this defense stop Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs? What do you think? No. No. They can't stop Patrick Mahomes. But – I think that they can stop Pacheco and that crowd in the running back room. Um, I think that the Eagles front seven is vastly better than the Bengals front seven. And if the Bengals were able to stop any kind of a, of a rush attack on Kansas city, I think the Eagles are going to be far, far superior. Um, yeah, again, uh, Mahomes got maximum science to to get ready for yesterday's game right. against the Bengals. And he's going to get maximum science in these next uh, 13 days uh, to get ready for the Eagles. And I, I expect him to be uh, more mobile uh, than he was yesterday. I just don't think that he's going to be back 100% from a high ankle sprain. But, um, yeah, uh, we saw plenty of shotgun. And uh, I don't think that the Eagles are going to be able to stop that in any way. Well, we saw what the Philadelphia Eagles looked like when they faced an elite defense. And that was they didn't they couldn't do much. They couldn't Jalen Hurts was constantly pressured. He was overthrown, like he overthrew AJ Brown. He was he he wasn't really on target. He actually got helped out a lot by his receivers. Obviously, the Devonta Smith catch, that should have been a no catch. But even the play before it was third and long and AJ Brown caught a pass that should have, I thought it hit the ground at first. It, it didn't, but he was kind of inaccurate, but when this defense, the, when they face the 49ers offense is nowhere near the offense of the Kansas city chiefs. And who knows the Eagles better than the coach that coached them for years. And that's Andy Reed. I know it's a whole different system now, but still you're, you're always going to be familiar with the team you used to coach. Can can Andy Reid and Pat Mahomes find a way to penetrate this defense and expose them? What do you think? I say yes, absolutely. Yeah. Look, it's it's Andy Reid, right? He's 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 on my, you know, he's on my Mount Rushmore. I, he should be on yours. And to be honest, with the the game plan that they put out, look, it had to be limited, right? It had to factor in that Mahomes wasn't going to have full mobility. 
And because of that, we saw a ton of shotgun sets with the ton of shotgun sets that they had. And not to mention the amount of, uh, you know, who was left inside the wide receiver room. They they really had a limited amount to throw to. Uh, so for them to be able to put up, you know, into the 20 point range, that's Andy Reid. Yeah. That really is. Um, and obviously the, the incredible talent that is Mahomes. So, um, yeah, I, I see it happening, Allie. I, I know I, I might just be starting to, uh, uh, you know, show my hand here a little bit before the poker match. Uh, but, yeah, I, I really do think that uh, Kansas City won't have too many problems figuring out uh, the liabilities of the uh, Philadelphia Eagles defense. Yeah, and we'll get into our picks next week, too. But, yeah, I think I'm showing my hands a little bit as well because I'm agreeing with you. All right, well, let's move on to those Bengals and the Chiefs game. This was another game that I thought I had seen it all in the Niners and the Eagles. And then I saw the Bengals and the Chiefs game. A third down was pretty much rewound back and saying it didn't count, which I was baffled why. There was the there was a no call a big no call a roughing the passer on Joe Burrow which I didn't understand why, and then you had the most boneheaded play of the game when the last the last offensive play for the Chiefs, fifteen yard penalty Patrick Mahomes was running out of bounds Joseph Osai just hits him for no reason I I couldn't believe I was I was home by then Robert and I literally stood up and said I'm going to bed and and. <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> Because again, it's I'm on the East Coast this week, and, and <laughs> but then I stood up. I stood up in the hall, watched the field goal, and then I didn't even wa- I I didn't even watch the last failed lateral of the kickoff. I was that I was that disgusted. I was just so off with picking the Niners and the and the Bengals. But did the refs doom the Bengals too, Robert, or was it more of this game? What do you think? Right, it's. Um... You know, as as we look at it now, and you know, just if. And I, I really did watch this as, you know, as, as nonpartisan as I could. Um, you know, our, our, our book was pretty much, you know, going to look, you know, pretty good no matter which way the result went, whether it was going to be Bengals by, you know, a field goal or Chiefs by a field goal. It really didn't matter. Um, but I, I really questioned a lot of the calls that were happening in the fourth quarter. There was some, I, I mean, how about the extra third down for Kansas City that happened? That one was really one that I was really scratching my head over. Asai, look, that was terrible, right? And then going to him afterwards and, you know, focusing on him in the, you know, on, on the bench after the game. And no one, no one needed to see that. We know he was upset. I don't know if it was heat of the moment. Um, you know, clearly he 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 wanted to get him out of bounds and ensure that they were going to have as difficult a field goal attempt because that's the range they were looking in. And, you know, leading up to it, Ali, I mean, look, it was as close as a game as you could possibly want, right? Uh, really short yardage. Um, you know, I, I guess from Kansas City's perspective, they were held, held, I guess you could use that word, to 357 yards of total offense, uh, clipped 50% of their third downs. Uh Turnovers, obviously, we saw the two turnovers from Kansas City, including Mahomes' first fumble in, in the postseason ever. Uh, rushing, this is the one that I'm, I'm kind of concerned about. Cincinnati, of course, won the uh, 
you know, the, the battle on the ground, 71 yards to 42. Uh, and basically from the entirety of the fourth quarter, it was, it was tied 2020. So I think, did they doom the Bengals? No, I, I'll say no, but I definitely am going to be scratching my head about the, the, the roughing the passer and definitely that they extra third down alley. Yeah, those are two that are obviously going to stick in your head. I, too, think that it, it wasn't as egregious as the game before. They It was pretty much even on both sides. There were obviously the Bengals, I think, got shafted a little bit too much. And there's no question that that last uh, unnecessary roughness, he had no business hitting Patrick Mahomes out of bounds. But to me, this was a, both games, Robert. I just was so excited to watch each of them. And at the end of the by the time I went to bed at night, I just felt like I wasted away watching two games that were forgettable. Would you have the same sentiment? Oh, no, I didn't. Taking a step back right now, Ali, I, I suppose, look, we are, look, our, our whole gig is, is sports betting, right? And so someone's always going to have something to watch, even if it's down to the last second involving the total or a player prop or something. Uh, I do feel, um, just a little bit of remorse, a little bit of buyer's remorse into getting all riled up and whipped into yeah. a frenzy about Eagles and, and Niners. That one sucked. You know, it just, it, it just, it wasn't a game. It wasn't a game, obviously, you, you know, congratulate, like I said, congratulations, Eagles, you're in the Super Bowl, but who did you really beat in that game? Um, Kansas City, Cincinnati, uh, yeah, you're right. You you might feel a little cheated if you're backing Cincinnati. Uh, maybe a lot cheated. <laughs> um, but in, in, I, I think at, at the end, I, I was just really interested to see if, if Burrow was going to be able to overcome everything that was thrown in his way. And heck, um, you know, he had multiple opportunities, except the whistle was his worst enemy at that point, Allie. And I have to ask you that because it's one of the reason I had backed the Bills last week over the Bengals. I was concerned about Joe Burrow's lack of mobility, and he took some rough sacks, especially in the first quarter, Robert. I remember he took like back-to-back sacks on one of the first drives the Bengals had. Is his lack of mobility concerning? What do you think? Yeah, it's it's it. So which one is it then, Ali? Is it his lack of mobility, which we know he has? That's for sure. Even though he picked up that key third down conversion with his own legs i think that was like at one point uh the most rush yards uh for the Bengals in the game up until that point um or is it his offensive line just not giving him time i i didn't really think of the chiefs as this powerhouse pass rushing kind of a defense uh you know outside of uh jones number 95 who was you know really really just you know a terror from the left side I, I actually think that if, if we were looking at faults, it would probably be from the offensive line. Couldn't protect the quarterback. Didn't, couldn't give him enough time, burrow enough time. And, I mean, look, 42 yards of rushing. Yeah, almost half of them went to burrow. Yeah, it, it, it really just wasn't a good showing, especially after they did so well that line with the backups against the Bills the, the, the previous week. I want to ask you, let's focus on the Chiefs now because they did win the game. They were favored. But – we talked about this last week, Robert. Who would you rather have, Joe Burrow or Pat Mahomes? Both you and I said Joe Burrow. 
But with Pat Mahomes winning yesterday, with how he played with the high ankle sprain, I know he was he was taped up like there was no tomorrow. But is there any doubt that he is the best in the game? What do you think? No, no, that's there is no doubt. Um, who else can you know scan a field and 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 spot a opening that's yet to come? Uh, you know, better than him right now, uh, and all with all all methods of getting the ball. I mean, whether it's Overhands, laterals, you know, sidearm, uh, pitched, uh, no look. You know, he's he's done it all. And, you know, obviously it, it really didn't matter who he's throwing it to. Um, you know, it, it's a lot of times I was looking at, you know, I'm, I'm looking at you, Jarek McKinnon. You should have picked up that ball, even though they won the game. Uh, <laughs> There's just a key, little key plays here or there that they could have had even more receptions made if not for some drops uh you know by the targets that Mahomes is throwing to so he is uh truly you know the the number one with a bullet right now you're right Allie and I know we touched on this just a few minutes ago but Andy Reid going up against the Philadelphia Eagles in two weeks for the Super Bowl that's another thing I hate the week in between I I I feel like the Super Bowl should be the the following week there shouldn't be a two-week break I know from playing sports, I hated the rust. I wanted to just get get it done. I didn't like buys or anything, but that's for another day. Andy Reid going up against the Eagles, Robert. Who do you give the edge coaching wise to? Because Nick Sirianni has really come and made a name for himself. Does Andy Reid still get the coaching crown over him? What do you think? Uh, yeah, of course, absolutely. Until uh, <laughs> until Sirianni can beat Reid here in the Super Bowl. Um, that's just going to be the way it's going to be. <clears throat> and it's rightfully so. I mean, that's the coaching tree. And obviously, if you want to get yourself to the top, then, uh, you know, go ahead and beat the top. To me, it's, you know, it's, it's Andy Reid that's, you know, clearly above all of it. And, and I, I'm just really excited to see which which way they start to unfold the puzzles in just a couple of weeks. I would say I love. I would love to see what Patrick Mahomes could do if he had that offensive line that Jalen Hurts has. Uh-huh. Then, then I don't think. I then I think he sets every record in the book for a season if, if that's the case. But yes. that's that's for another debate. All right. Well, those are the two games yesterday. As I mentioned, I was I was very underwhelmed. I felt like I was cheated out of both games. I did have fun out watching it. It's always nice to be at a bar and and be around people and whatnot, but I, I felt like there were better AFC and NFC championships, particularly last year. I remember the Chiefs and the the Bengals last year in that overtime game was phenomenal. And I remember the the 49ers and the Rams was another good game. This this year I felt like we were wasted. But well let, let me ask your opinion, Robert, before we move on to our buy or sell segment. Because I brought that up. I don't like the week the week off in between the Super Bowl. Do you like it or would you rather the Super Bowl be this weekend? Uh, hell no! Uh, bring bring on the Super Bowl the week after this. Yeah. This this weekend, you know, in between is is useless. Um, it it creates a a disconnect. Um, and you know, every, everyone's super hungry to watch. You know, the the champions face off each other in, in in a shorter amount of time. This doesn't make any sense at all, for any reason. Uh, you know, for for what? You know, it, it's it's not for rest. No one cares about rest. Uh, well, some may do. Uh, Kansas City probably cares about it, but it's. I, I I can't find if we do a poll on Twitter and asks, uh, you know, do we prefer the break in between the championship weekend and the Super Bowl, or you know, roll right into it? 
I'll uh, I'll wager you a uh, nice tall drawn macchiato that it's uh, very heavily in in favor of rolling straight into the Super Bowl. Yeah, I'll I'll agree with that. I, in fact, I'm going to run a Twitter poll either later today or tomorrow and ask that. But I also think that the day after the Super Bowl should be a holiday. And <laughs> I, I I learned from several Super Bowls ago that I did it my last two or three years when I worked at Fox Sports. I always took off the day after the Super Bowl and I made sure to request it weeks in advance. So no one would think that I called in sick because I had too much fun partying on the Super Bowl. But I always would take the day off. Do you think the day after the Super Bowl should be a national holiday? Uh, I've already requested Allie to uh, <laughs> our boss that um, that Monday. I'm I'm not answering to any Slack, not picking up the phone. I'm, I'm going to be deep, deep, far, far away from from anything as that's going to be my first day off in many, many months. <laughs> we will bring that up to the, to Mark on the company. <laughs> Add that to the list of holidays. No, I, I think, I, listen, everyone watches the Super Bowl. And for us living on the West Coast, we have a little easier of a time because the game starts at 3.30 and it's usually over anytime between 6.30 and 7. Yeah, but on yeah. the East Coast, that's brutal. You got to stay up to 9.30, 10. You literally have to wait all day for it to start by 6.30. I know my friends that live on the East Coast tell, say it's hard to stop drinking before 6.30 because then they're ready to like pass out by halftime. But but yeah, I, I think that. I think that the Super Bowl actually should be a little earlier, make it 2 p.m. on the on the West Coast, 5 p.m. on the East Coast, like you would at a Monday night football game. So, well, it would be a Monday, it would be 5 p.m. on the West Coast for a Monday night football game. But I think it should be 5 p.m. on the East Coast start time. I don't like the 6.30 on the East Coast, but I'm not Roger Goodell and I don't make the rules. So, tough break for me. <laughs> All right, let's get into our buy or sell segment, Robert, before we conclude the episode for today. Are you ready? But you'd never ask. All right. <laughs> Buy or sell. Jimmy G will be the Raiders starter in week one. I love these. These these are, to me, this, this slides right into my wheelhouse. I know he's going to be a starter in week one. The question is going to be where. So I'm going to play the odds here in my favor alley, and I'm going to sell Jimmy G a Raider starter in week number one. He's going to be a starter somewhere. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna play the odds here and, and think it might be someplace else. That's all. I'm gonna sell it as well. If you look at that AFC West, you have the King, which is the Chiefs up there. The Chargers were a playoff team. The Broncos may be better now that they're gonna be in the market for a new head coach. But if if, if I'm Jimmy D, I'm looking at that NFC South. Brady's definitely not returning to the Bucks. That might be an option. You also have Carolina still gonna be in the market for a quarterback. You have the Saints are going to be in a market for a quarterback. Why don't you go to one of those teams? Even Atlanta might be looking for a quarterback. Obviously, you don't need a winning record to win that division. So if I'm Jimmy G, I'm looking at one of those four teams there. All right, next one, Robert. Buy or sell. D'Amico Ryan will be named the head coach of the Texans in the next week or so. Excellent. This is great. Uh, yeah, I could, I could see the connections there. This one's going to be hard for me to sell. Uh, but I will nonetheless. I think that I, I think he's going to be a head coach coming into 2023. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if Houston is going to be a great fit, um, but I guess we'll see uh, what the wallets say. 
I, I certainly, first off, I certainly hope that D'Amico Ryans gets the gig someplace. He deserves it uh, for, for what he's done. I, I know for certain if I'm starting a franchise, I'd want him for sure as my head coach because of what he's done in San Francisco. You'll always reach into the coffers of where success lies. Um, but I'm going to sell again just for the sake that I like my field. Yeah, I would agree with that too. I'm thinking I could, hey, wh- why not go to the Denver Broncos? You're a defensive coordinator. Yeah. The defensive, the Denver Broncos have one of the best defenses in the game. I'm looking there. I even think Indy might be a more favorable spot. You still have an underrated defense there. So I'm with you. I'm going to sell the Texans. I think they need a little bit more focus on their offense than on the defense. So I'm going to sell. All right. Next one, Robert. Buy or sell? All deep passes will be up for automatic review next season. Oh my God, please no! <laughs> uh, my heart, my heart's gonna decide this this purchase, and I'm gonna sell the hell out of it. I, don't do that to me. I, if if that happens, I'm gonna I'm gonna be so depressed. I don't want to see anything like that. Just play the game. I know there's so much skullduggery happening from the moment the ball is snapped and then first contact and then down the lines. Not for nothing, by the way. It's 2023. Can we can we start using some of this technology and and stop it? I, I don't want to digress too much. Like, really, we, we still need to take out you know chains and and like measure with like eyes and fingers <laughs> see if it's a first down, you know, or or even if it's a catch. Like, we can't put like sensors in balls and and you know on 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 the players that are basically. You don't even feel them to see if a ball's caught or if there is pass interference before the ball reaches. I don't know. Let's go. I mean, this is it's time. Let's get some technology in here. So all deep passes up for review next season. I'm gonna sell the hell out of that. How about you, Ali? I'm selling it a thousand percent. I said the same thing when they tried to review um what was it, the pass interference calls. I said it never will work. It didn't work, so I agree. No, we don't need any more replays. And I agree with you, technology. There's no reason why there shouldn't be someone on every – there shouldn't be one eye on every angle in the game, and you could quickly, in 10 seconds or less, radio down to the field saying, hey, that wasn't a catch. I I don't understand it. All right, Robert, next one. Buy or sell? Eric Benemi will finally get a head coaching job this season. Oh my God. And on episode number 100 for us, please, please, Eric, I'm telling you right now, if I can't, I call the franchises myself. I am buying this. He must be a head coach someplace. Look at what he's done with all of his pieces. Yeah, sure. You know, you know, the, the, the detractors might say, well, you know, I, I could probably do the same thing with Patrick Mahomes. But the, the fact of the matter is, is that he is able to put together a game plan and defeat anything that he sees in front of him, no matter what the depth chart says. Love Eric Bieniemy. Love everything that he's done. I'm buying this. He's getting a head coach job coming up in 2023. I agree with you. I think the Colts would be a great fit for him. Let him bring in a quarterback that he can work with. They they have a good running game with Jonathan Taylor. They have some talented wideouts behind rookie Alec Pierce. You have Michael Pittman still there, Paris Campbell. So I think that would be a great fit for him. All right, last one, Robert. Buy or sell? Arrowhead Stadium will never again be referred to as Burrowhead. <laughs> Get the hell out of here with that. You know what? You know what this is? This is with a 100-mile 
head start of steam. This is the karma train hitting you all, right? With calling it Burrowhead. Enough. Get out of here with that. I never want to hear that again. Um, all, all, everything that was due came in on this game. And if you want to call it, it happened because of the referees or because of you calling it Burrowhead. That's for you guys all to decide. I'm going to absolutely buy. Um, never again shall we hear the term Burrowhead. No, and I don't ever want to hear Tampa Bay too. When Tom Brady went there, I and get I get out of here with that Tampa too. Bay. I was like, <laughs> people need to find more things to do in their day than 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 come up with that stuff. It's it's ridiculous. Yes. All right, well that is our episode for today, Robert. Hundredth episode. Thank you so much. I can't wait to see you this week. Robert and I will be live from Miami on Thursday. We'll have a nice episode recorded. I think we'll have some cameo appearances by our wonderful CEO Mark Thomas. Probably some one or two other of our co-workers will join. And before we sign off, Robert, any last words or advice for the audience? Oh, no, absolutely. Look, here, as we now enter Super Bowl week, your preferred book of choice, which uh, I sure hope is going to be Zen Sports soon, is going to have a ton of propositions up for this game. And we'll talk far, far more as we head into uh, you know the weeks ahead and the episodes ahead into how I come up with my props here and just how we come about with our numbers. Uh, so take your time with it. Uh, think about what you're about to see and, and definitely play into all of the injury reports as they come into this final game of the football season. Couldn't have said it better myself. I do like seeing all the props. I will admit I'm not a huge prop better where it comes in for the Super Bowl, but I do make some fun ones. I don't touch the national anthem one. I don't like choices like that. But one bet, Robert, I always like to bet the prop bet is the color Gatorade that the head coach gets hosed with at the end. That's always a prop bet I will make. Do you have any ones in particular you like? It's how about one that I just put up just yesterday? How about the octopus? Oh, octopus. yeah. Uh, created by uh, a friend of the program, Mitch Goldich of SI. Uh, this is where a player scores a six-point touchdown and then the ensuing two-point conversion. Eight points, eight arms. It's called the octopus. Um, if, by the way, if you're getting anything less than 20 to 1, uh, shame on that book. Uh, I offer 20 to 1 on both of the games, and uh, that's definitely one of my favorite novelty props to put up, uh, and you can guarantee you'll see it here at uh, a little old book here at Baldini's. All right. Well, Robert and I will be back Thursday. I think we'll do some prop bets, Robert. I think we'll we'll start to because there's going to be a lot of to dissect. I think we'll need multiple episodes. So we'll get into some prop bets next this week. And then next week, we'll give you a full rundown of the game. I know there's going to be tons to talk about. All right, everyone. Take care. Uh-huh.